Okay, hey guys, uh, the sermon is coming from the McCarter house today. Uh, I had a direct exposure to COVID-19, and then I spent time with most of our staff. So um, I have tested negative, and I feel great, but uh, the CDC still says that I do a 14-day quarantine, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, my negative test means that our staff's exposure was an indirect one, and so they're kind of free to proceed as normal, um, but we're still taking some extra precaution. Um, that's why we decided to cancel this weekend's in-person worship service. Um, to be clear, I, that's really an abundance of caution, and it's probably, to be honest, an overabundance of caution. Um, <laughs> But I mean, full disclosure, the fact that this weekend is looking very much like a rain out anyway, that really kind of tipped the scales for us. And so that's the plan. Anyway, this Saturday, this coming Saturday, will be day 14 for me. And that means we will be back to normal next weekend, unless something else crazy happens. And of course, it's 2020, so that's a possibility. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and get to um, our, our sermon here. This series, Razzle Dazzle. Um, has been all about us uh, getting duped by the enemy and um, him hiding the truth from us and hiding it in, in plain sight. Um, he, he, can't, he can't get us to reject Jesus, but he can confuse and distort and distract um, in such a way that, that ultimately um, and often unknowingly, uh, we may reject Jesus, or there could be a, a drifting away. Um, and the drifting away is a really a key, a key theme here in John chapter 6. Uh, Jesus has huge crowds following him at the beginning of the chapter, chapter and only a very small remnant by the end of it. Um, so like, literally, he, he goes from megachurch to microchurch in just a few dozen verses. Um, and in the process, uh, Jesus really goes a long way in defining for us the difference uh, between a true apprentice and a false apprentice. Um, yeah, so uh, throughout Jesus's teaching, he demonstrates um, a clear concern, and I think it's fair to say a genuine sense of urgency around people who, listen, people who follow him but aren't really his disciples. They aren't really like apprentices who want to follow him at any cost. And, and there is real urgency throughout Jesus's teaching about people who honestly believe that they're legit, but they actually aren't. And it's, it's a really pronounced theme that frankly doesn't get talked about anywhere near enough. I mean, it's all over the text. There are lots of examples. Um, for example, uh, Jesus taught about people who built their spiritual houses on sand instead of rock. Um, now, to be clear, they, they still built a spiritual house, um, but it wasn't on a foundation of obedience. And if you read the text, that's clear. And so it fell. Um, Jesus also talks about good trees and bad trees with good fruit and bad fruit. Um, he warns about the 10 bridesmaids. Now, if you're a church route, you'll remember this story. 10 bridesmaids, they're all waiting for the same wedding, but five of them were ready, five of them were not. All 10 of them fully expected to make it, only five of them actually did. Um, and another example, another stark one, um, this is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus puts it uh, vividly. Uh, this is Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. 
Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. It's heavy. Look, these are, think about it. These are people who did Jesus things and they did it in Jesus's name. These are people who even had the power of the Holy Spirit moving through them, but they actually never knew the Lord. Um, There are other examples. Jesus told a parable about four different kinds of soil. You might remember this one. Of the four different kinds of soil, they all had seed thrown on them. Three of them received the seed. They germinated. They started to grow. But of those three, only one was actually legit and bore fruit. And the others, he said, withered away and died. Um, In Matthew 25, uh, this is the story of the judgment day, the separation of the sheep and the goats. And there are many who clearly, I mean, you read it, it's obvious. They clearly believe that they were followers of Jesus, but they found out that day that they weren't and they were cast away. And he makes it clear it's because they did not live lives of obedience. Um, and then, and then finally here we have the, the, the vivid and honestly pretty darn scary parable of the wheat and the weeds. Remember that one where the weeds are allowed to grow up right alongside the wheat, not knowing that when the harvest came, they would be destroyed. Jesus talked about this a lot. The fact is I could go on. I, Jesus was clear. He was redundant. He was adamant. And, and at times he was even pleading, saying there will be many people who believe that they know Jesus but their lack of obedience will reveal that they never really did know him. And they were razzle-dazzled, you know, the whole time. And they never even, they never even knew it. And, and like I said, it's, it's one of the themes here in John chapter 6. As, as, as Jesus goes from, from megachurch to small group in, in the space of just a few verses. Um, Jesus' big idea in this teaching um, is that he's the bread of life. Uh, He's our food. He is our daily sustenance. Uh, Let me read you a few verses uh, from John chapter 6, 32 to 37. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. It's pretty, pretty eager at this point. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. And a few more verses, uh, 47 to 51. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes, very clear, anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer, um, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. So, uh, boy, it's so direct. Jesus's meaning here is really pretty clear. He's saying, look, 
I'm the answer, period, nothing else. Uh, he's saying you can't, you can't put your hope anywhere else. You buy in 100% from me. I'm your food. I'm the bread. I'm the answer. There's no plan B. You bet it all on me. Or to put it this way, you don't hedge your bets. You ever heard that terminology? Um, when you uh, hedge your bets, uh, you put some money, for example, um, you put some money on the Vols to win. And just in case, you put some money on the Vols to lose. And then either way, you're not crushed. Um, well... Jesus is making it clear that coming to him means not hedging. You don't put some on him and some on something else just in case. You put it all on him. That's what it means to believe. He's the hope. He's the fuel. He's the answer. He's the bread of life who gives life to all who really believe. It's all him and nothing else. And that's, that's what it means to believe and be saved. Here read you another verse. Uh, this is chapter 6, verse 29. Uh, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Now, uh, all right, we'll lean in. <laughs> okay, right now, don't, don't, don't space out on me. Uh, too important. Jesus said that the only work God wants from us is to believe in him. Isn't that great? Um, yeah, it is great, great. Uh, but uh, what about all those other teachings that I just referenced a few minutes ago? Remember that? Uh, the ones about a house built on sand that collapsed because it wasn't built on obedience or the ones about people being forever judged because they didn't feed the poor or visit the prisoner or care for the orphan. Remember, you remember those stories we just, we just referenced? Uh, the, the ones uh, where we saw people who were condemned even though they had preached and prophesied and performed miracles in Jesus' name, but they were cast out because they did not live lives of obedience to God's command. So what's with that? Because these people all obviously believed, but apparently um, they didn't do enough of the other stuff in order to get in. They didn't, they didn't obey, and so they were rejected. But here we have Jesus himself saying, in fact, I'll, 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 I will read it again. He says, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he sent. He said, that's all he actually wants. And yet we just said, if people fail to do all the stuff, then it doesn't work. Now, you could be forgiven for being confused at this point. <laughs> you should be, maybe. There's, there's tension here. Um, and that tension is found throughout the whole Bible. Um, and here's the thing. I'm about to give you one very simple interpretive key that will unlock the whole thing. So stay, stay with me. Um, the, the fact is, belief is tricky. Um, we... We know that it's the only way to come to God. As we just read, it's all God wants. But like, how much belief is enough belief? You know, like, I'll be honest, I, I believe and kind of don't believe every day. Like it ebbs and flows and up and down. My, my faith and my doubts battle each other every single day. And some days my beliefs take some ground and other days my doubts take some ground. So does that mean like I'm saved on some days and not on other days? I'm, I'm, or I'm saved on the days I'm well behaved, but not on the other days. Like how much belief is enough? How much obedience is enough? And, and again, it, it all goes back to Jesus's words when he said, I'm the bread of life. Um, 
it, it all comes back to him. It all comes back to that refusal to hedge our bets and instead to put it all on him. So I know the tension's not resolved. In, in one sense, this is complicated, but in a much larger sense, it's actually dead simple. So stay with me. When we really believe, we will really obey. And if, and if we don't, if we don't believe him enough to follow him, if we don't believe him enough to like really surrender to him, then we don't believe him enough. And, and that's our metric. Does our belief lead us to obedience? That's it. If, if we believe enough to walk an aisle, but not enough to truly wage war against our sin, then it's not enough. If, if we believe him enough to say that he is Lord and even preach in his name or even do miracles in his name as we saw, but not enough to follow his commands about being generous, about serving other people, about surrendering our will to his will, then it's not enough. Jesus said it. He said it again and again. Repent and be saved. Repent means to turn away. If you, if you turn to Jesus, you have to turn away from your old life, turn away from your sins. If, if you believe in Jesus, that means that you're different because of it. Uh, that, that's what John the Baptist called bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. So the question is, do you believe in Jesus? And if the answer is yes, then ask yourself this question. Do you obey Jesus? If yes, you believe in Jesus, well, do you obey Jesus? And if the answer is yes, then you believe him enough. And, and your obedience, by the way, you've already discovered, will continue to draw you closer and closer to him and give you greater and greater peace and greater and greater joy. But if the answer is no, that you don't really, not really, obey Jesus, then you don't believe enough. And he's inviting you to put your trust in him right now. No hedging, no plan B. He's your food. He's the bread of life. Let's look at a couple more verses here. John 6, 63 and 64, getting toward the end of the chapter. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Listen, human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. Now, listen. Stay, stay, please, please. You cannot take this sermon and then conclude that we somehow earn our salvation. I'm telling you, that's wrong. We are saved by believing in Jesus, period. Human effort accomplishes nothing. I just read it. Jesus said it himself. But he also said that the ones who don't obey never really believed. He, he said, I'll remind you, that many would believe, many would be under the impression that they were true disciples or apprentices, but their lack of obedience would show that they never actually really were. They, they never stopped hedging their bets. They never really surrendered. They never really followed. They never truly believed. And here's the thing. If you think about it, come on, st stay with me here. Isn't, isn't that obvious? Like, if you actually believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died in your place so that he could rescue your soul. If you really believe that, come on, isn't it obvious that you would follow him no matter where he led? 
And isn't it, isn't it like ridiculous to think that anyone anywhere would trust him with their souls, but not with anything else, not with their careers or their relationships or their wallets or anything? I, I think it's obvious that if you say you believe in him, but don't follow him, that you don't really believe. The fact is, um, though, many people do exactly that um, because they've been frazzle-dazzled. Uh, they believe, but they, they, don't, they don't obey. And that makes it crystal clear to anyone who actually really wants to see it that they don't really believe. A few more verses here. Uh, John chapter 6, 66 to 69. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you going to leave? Listen, Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. It's a huge response. Jesus says, you're going to bail too. And he goes, Lord, <laughs> we don't have anywhere to go. We don't have anywhere to go because we're all in, because there isn't another play for us, because we didn't hedge our bets. We're all, we don't have a plan B. It's you or it's nothing. And we believe and we know that you're the Holy One of God. And guys, I want you to see this, this really is the metrics. Like, are you all in or, or did you hedge, you know? Like, have you really surrendered or do you have stuff that God still doesn't have access or authority to, or authority over in your life? So let's, let's sit with these questions for a bit. Um, and if needed, I want to encourage you, go all in. Surrender fully to Jesus as the all the way Lord of your everything. Nothing matters more. Amen.